Hey everyone, and thanks for tuning in to How I Got Tinnitus. Woo! Good times, good times. Hey, hello, and thanks for tuning in to this is the 10th episode of this show. So, if you've been with us since day one, good job. Uh, yeah, not gonna blab a lot today. I don't have a bunch of news, at least not off the top of my head. Though, uh, I don't know if you guys have heard about Justin Bieber and his Ramsey Hunt syndrome diagnosis. This is apparently some rare viral infection related to chickenpox. Chickenpox that has stayed in your system that's lied dormant for years. Something like that. And I knew, I, I read that it affected the ear. And in Justin Bieber's case, it's the right side of his face is totally paralyzed. And of course, I got to wondering does Ramsey Hunt cause tinnitus? It can, apparently. Even a CNN article, kind of crappy article, but a little CNN piece about the Justin Bieber thing. Mention it, mention tinnitus. And of course, I went down this weird rabbit hole of Justin Bieber tinnitus stuff. Uh, there's apparently a picture of him wearing earplugs really badly, which I've done myself in the past. I didn't really know for a long time how you're supposed to properly put those foam earplugs in your ear. You really got to make sure those things are seated well. Otherwise, they're not really doing that much good for you. But the good news is that foam earplugs are the cheapest, the easiest to find, and often the most effective form of hearing protection. So get out there and get yourself some foam earplugs as a backup or whatever. I wore my earplugs this past weekend, went to a little get-together for a friend at a bar, and at first it, everything was pretty quiet, but later in the evening, people were getting a little rowdy, the music got turned up, earplugs had to go in, had them on my keychain. I brought my discreet ones, so no one had to see me trying to socialize with these Things sticking out of my ears. <sighs> I gotta address my relationship with loud noises and the sort of hypervigilance. I, I, I really would love to spend a little more time talking with someone who really knows the ins and outs about what are safe levels to be exposed to. I know the whole 80 dB, 85 dB, you, you have allowances of some of those lower levels of... Uh, potentially hazardous noise that you can listen to in a given day but what about like little incidental things and does someone with tinnitus or hearing loss are they more susceptible or vulnerable to loud noises i gotta i want to know i want to know so hopefully it can get some someone who knows what they're talking about here on the show and we can ask them some pointed questions. Speaking of pointed questions, I don't have a lot for today's guest. Today's guest is my friend Val. Val and I used to work together at a restaurant. Uh, she has many years of experience 
behind the bar, sh- 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 shaking it up and uh, working in some noisy rock bars and clubs. And she has more recently developed tinnitus. So she's been living with that. And she reached out, told me she would be keen to share her story. So I'm super appreciative of Val taking time out to talk with me about her tinnitus and some some nice little observations that came along with it. So thank you, Val for sharing your story and you know what let's just go right into it here's my buddy val talking about her tinnitus so let her rip hey val hi thanks for taking time to tell me about your tinnitus Mm, yeah that's something you get to talk to people about usually yeah, I sometimes I wonder, you know, if that's for a good reason, but I get enough feedback from people that say that it's good that I'm having these conversations. But yeah, you know, given that a lot of uh, Western medicine will sort of shy away from the conversation, sometimes I go, am I just making it worse by obsessing over it? But I also think that part of the reason I got in this place in the first place was because I didn't know it was an issue. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I remember early on, we, when we were younger, my, you know, all the people my age, I'm 60 now, we went to concerts and we did all that and we didn't, we didn't worry at all about it until all of a sudden there was rumblings of Pete Townsend. Yeah. Yeah. And we, that was what we were hearing and we were listening to, regardless of the fact that the people, the older people around us were talking about protecting your hearing. We were like, eh, until we heard somebody that we. One of us. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's too late. Yeah. So, yeah. But, um, so can you tell me a bit about your your whole timeline? Did like when did you start to notice tinnitus? You know, so you when was the first time you heard about Pete Townsend's tinnitus or hearing loss? Probably in the eighties. Uh huh. Um, and in the eighties, I was in my twenties, and I was working in a bar where bands played regularly Mm -hmm. and not thinking anything about it, just knowing at the end of the night, your ears are ringing. You made a lot of money. It was a good night. You didn't think about your hearing. And then you started hearing about Pete Townsend and you thought, well, he's on stage. He's standing close to the guitar and the amps and that might be it, but it was still something put in the back of your mind when you're, when you're in your twenties or your teens or whatever, and somebody says something, you file it away. And then it pops forward when you're older, you're like, Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, that's why. Yeah, that's right. And so I didn't, I remember hearing about it, but I didn't do anything about it. Mm -hmm. Um, and I really never did anything about it. I just kept going on, not until all of a sudden um, I had a daughter and she's, as you know, she's on the spectrum and she wears headphones a lot. 
And when she was young, we'd get the kids headphones to keep the volume level from going up because you ingest all this information when you're younger, you don't necessarily act on it, but when it's your kid, you do. And so we got the, um, I don't even know what it is. If it's whatever the volume control is, it's, uh, if it's an MHS, is it megahertz or I don't even know. Oh yeah. MHC. I, I don't even know. I need to learn about this stuff. Right. And yeah. so when she grew older and she became a 20 something year old, she couldn't wear kids headphones anymore. So now they make these little uh, extensions that you can put on the end of the cords before you plug it into your vice, your device, and it muffles the sound so that it brings the volume down. So no matter how high you can turn the device up, it never goes beyond a certain point to damage your hearing. Oh, cool. And yeah, so I, there's options for people now who use headphones to keep it from getting to that point where it destroys your your hearing. And I don't even, I'll tell you, I'll be honest, JD, I, when it first started happening, I just, you know, went online and did some research. And the first thing they said was, there's no cure. And mm -hmm. this is how you deal with it. I was like, well, okay, there's no cure. I'm already dealing with it this way. Um, so I never thought anything else about it until you started posting stuff. And you are coming public with yours and, and you realize that more and more, I just thought it was a natural form of aging. I didn't realize, but I will tell you my husband, who's 10 years older than me, he's lost a lot of his hearing and he doesn't have tinnitus. So. Wow. Uh, none at all. He says every once in a while, you know, but he doesn't suffer from it the way I do. So I don't. I had a doctor once tell me that I had, um, she looked in my ears and told me that I had scarring on my eardrums mm -hmm. and we never went any farther than that. I mean, I know at some point I'm going to have to go see an audiologist, but right now it's just dealing with it. Mm -hmm. It just, you know, abused my ears when I was younger and somehow got scarring on my eardrums. And I think that's what causing it, but I don't have an actual diagnosis. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just know what I'm suffering with. And, and a hearing test, it sounds like you don't know whether or not you have any sort of hearing loss or anything. No, no, hmm. I haven't gone yet. So I don't know. Yeah, what is, yeah. uh, what, uh, what is your sound like? What mine is a uh, uh, super high pitched, ringing it uh mine is easily masked by the sound of like trickling water or crickets mm -hmm. if that gives you any indication um mm -hmm. yeah i don't know it sounds like some kinds of high-pitched guitar feedback <laughs> it, it's not especially yeah. grating or anything i just right. my it's it's been very educational uh, because I, I just have to naturally turn inward a lot and think what is going on here. Um, and so I, I've become aware that I'm alarmed, not so much by the sound, but by this kind of uh, um, this awareness that it isn't what it used to be. I think that's right. probably what bothers me more than anything. It's like, it didn't used to be like this. Why is it like this now? And well, yeah. I, I I also think that a lot of times when we did do stuff that was loud, like go to, I used to, I used to work in a bar 
which has no sound quality or sound muffling at all, or didn't when I first worked there. And after a night, we'd walk out and our ears would be ringing and you're, and it would go away. Right. And so when it started in my 50s and it was, I thought it would just go away, but it doesn't. It just is there. And for me in my right ear, it's a, it sounds like Morse code. Beep, 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 oh, beep, really? And there's no pattern. There's no whatever. And it's a very high pitch. Um, it's just... You know, and then the other ear is just uh it's just a general whooshing. It's like whoosh. what I know. <laughs> I and, I've you know, only known one other person who's told me they experienced something like what you're saying, that the two different sounds and uh, and the whooshing is it, it is one of the markers of tinnitus, but it's not one of the more common in my experience. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, it could be a number of things. Um, I think that often it's mixed with um, he hearing loss and the general, you know, losing of clarity in ears. Um, a lot of times it's people have really bad allergies mm -hmm. and that will put pressure in the ears um, from your sinuses, migraines, I'm a migraine sufferer. So a lot of times when I get a migraine, it's amplified. Um, I don't know. I think like everything, it's just a mixed bag. Everybody yeah. has, it's like a spectrum. It's everybody yeah. has their own way or their right, own right. symptoms. Yeah. And that's what makes it so hard to address because it, it, it really, every case is so unique because mm -hmm. yeah, I have some sinus pressure stuff too. Like almost every time I fly on a plane, my ears just totally shut yeah. off. They, they're like, I can't hear when I get off of the plane. I usually in just one ear, but yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, um, you you told me when we first started talking that it, it came on more or less around five years ago for you in my fifties. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So what, so what was there an event? Did you just kind of wake up one morning and it was there? Or? For me, like I said, it would, I would always hear it and then it would go away. Um, and that's what my husband is also saying too. He worked in a machine shop for 43 years. Mm-hmm. He he's significantly lost hearing in one ear. Um, he says it comes every once in a while and then it goes. And that's how it was for me. I'd hear yeah. it and be like, ah, and then it would go away. I'd go to bed and I wouldn't have it the next morning. And it wasn't, but I was, I was conscious of it. I was thinking about it, but trying not to. And then as I got uh, closer to 60, it's now constant. It's just a constant um, ringing. Um, and I have to say that I'm conscious of it, but it doesn't, I don't get to sit in silence a lot <laughs> in my house. Yeah. There's when my daughter's home, there is noise constant. There's constant, constant something in the background. And so a lot of times I'm just going through my day and I'm, I know it's there, but it doesn't bother me. I'm not paying attention to it. It is the distraction part of the cure is a hundred percent just distract, distract, distract. And even when I was working, I worked over 
I worked over the winter at the Butterfly Conservatory at Magic Wings. And in there, it's constant sound of crickets or birds or whatever. So I, I'm distracted. And the only time I'm in complete silence is when I'm going to bed. Mm-hmm. And that is that the fan takes care of that. Like everybody yeah. else and their mother yeah, has yeah. a fan when they sleep, even in the dead of winter. Yeah. So I'm, it's just for me, that's, it went from sporadic being conscious of it and it happening sporadically to it all of a sudden being constant. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm just attributing that to the fact that I'm getting older and I'm probably um, experiencing hearing loss at some point and it's just progressing. So I just look at it as like a natural progression in age. Um, I, I do think that that the degree to which I had it could 100% have been eliminated if I did not go to so many concerts and work in a pit that was completely shattering my hearing. So, um, yeah. Yeah, it is. It's so wild. You mentioned earlier the, the sort of reasoning that you used to give yourself an excuse like, Oh, I'm not Pete Townsend. I'm not sitting in front of Mm -hmm. an amplifier. Mm -hmm. I did so many similar things. I think early on, I looked at one of those charts of what common everyday things cause what level of decibels. So like a motorcycle Mm -hmm. is somewhere between 80 and 100 dB or something. Yeah. And I would convince myself, I would say, well, if my band was playing a show and a motorcycle came into the room, what do you think would be louder? Now, I think because a motorcycle (laughs) would be pretty would stick out like a sore thumb. I I told myself, oh, the motorcycle must be louder. So we can't be that loud. But I, it was so many of those sort of like false equivalent, these like not true examples that I was using to convince myself that I was still in a safe operating zone. I, I'll admit I'm a little skittish around loud noises and that's something I really need to work on. Um, Mm -hmm. as part of my own recovery with my tinnitus, but uh, a a plastic, not even a heavyweight porcelain toilet lid slammed (laughs) down the other day in a small bathroom I was cleaning. Yeah. And instantly my ears went, it wasn't anything major. It it was just a a minor flare up, but I was like, how far we have fallen. I mean, I used to stick my head right next to the drummer and like, yeah, bring it on. Because we were invincible back then. Right. We were you don't think about that stuff. And you look back and you think all these people are telling you things. They're the older generation is telling you things. They're saying, you know, don't have the stereo so loud in your car. I remember I was at working at the restaurant and Jim borrowed my car for some reason and he came back in and he said jesus christ do you always listen to music that loud (laughs) and jd that was when i was in i was you know 50 years old so yeah i didn't learn i grew old and i didn't learn i didn't think about it until it actually happens to you yeah and i think the idea of getting the message out and really 
trying to hammer it home by, you know, not only interviewing somebody who's 60, but interviewing people who are young and saying, yeah, this is an issue and you need to protect your ears. I don't, you know, it, will it fall on, you know, quote unquote, deaf uh, ears? Deaf I don't know. Yeah. I think um, in my case, I'm just trying to amass enough examples from a wide enough group to convince just about anyone that they've probably put themselves at risk on some level. I, I have a, a friend nearby who's told me that he thinks he has tinnitus from obsessing over his car speakers as a teenager and just seeing how far they could go. And yep. um, we've talked on the show in the past about how I think there's this kind of like misleading thinking going on that if something exists like an everyday object exists that can cause hearing loss it not knowing the safe levels of sound exposure some people might just think well if a lawnmower exists and everyone mows their lawn how can it be hazardous to my hearing if stereo speakers are designed to be loud how could it hurt my hearing? And, mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm not trying to like ruin everyone's party. In fact, I just want the party to be able to go on longer, but yeah, yeah it, it, it's going to come with some education. I mean, I can't, it, it, I feel like, like my grandpa now when I'm <laughs> the cars driving down the street and I hear yeah. someone blasting some music and I want to yeah. shout at them, like, you got to protect your ears. You know? <laughs> It's, it's the God's honest truth. And I'll circle back to Lexi and how worried we were that she was wearing headphones constantly. And, you know, the more of a, uh, the more she was trying to drown out everybody else, the higher the stereo was going. And I think that's a lot of stuff that we did when we were younger, driving out whatever we were trying to drown out. Um, but I, I also feel like the people who gravitate towards that loud stereos, um, you know, being in situations that you're in, which is just chaos and lots of sound. I also think that's sort of uh, us. I don't think everybody does that. And I think a lot of people, uh, not all the young people do that. And I think it's kind of a, uh, I think a lot of people have sensory issues mm -hmm and are using it to drown out the rest, to drown out thoughts, to drown out whatever. And um, I know that's the case with my daughter. And I know that it's a lot of people who are, you know, who are not on the spectrum are doing that to drown out whatever. And um, there's gotta be alternatives to that and you got to kind of point it out and and put things in place to protect the future but nobody thinks about their physical future really when they're that age right right so i don't know and um, on the subject of drowning it out i i was at this party yesterday a friend's birthday party it was at a bar um when i showed up i was kind of pleasantly surprised there were a good number of people in attendance but the music playing through the bar wasn't especially loud. And I was like, oh, this is great. I, I'm going to be able to survive this party, even though I was sort of clutching my security head, uh, earplugs, which I keep on my keychain at all times. Right. 
And, you know, like so many parties, especially while, while it's still light outside, the conversation was like a little peckish and awkward at times. But everything was fine. And then suddenly, out of nowhere, the volume on the stereo just like doubled. And it got really loud. And I, I pulled out my decibel meter app and it sure enough showed that it had spiked into slightly unsafe levels, but something like you've worked most of your professional career in that level. So it, mm-hmm. nothing too hazardous, but to my newly sensitive ears, I was like, whoa, this is something. Anyway, while you were talking, I thought about how interesting it is that as the world gets louder and more chaotic and we keep finding ourselves in scenarios where there's so much going on and then someone comes along and is like it's too awkward in here and dr- and like turns up the journey don't stop believing starts <laughs> like blasting over everything and everyone has to scream over it and that's sort of like a social comfort blanket where it, it, it you know the the dead silence between awkward conversations doesn't make the party vibe any more awkward I, I i that's a little bizarre of an aside there but well i will add into that that alcohol has a lot to do with it working behind a bar for 30 whatever years alcohol has everything to do with it things start quiet it's happy hour things are talking you know gentle music in the background and then people are drinking a little more and you're talking louder when you do when you drink right and then the music goes up and you could see it in a restaurant too even when people weren't drinking as much the you're trying to out talk each other this group over here can't hear so they're talking louder this group over here can't hear so they're talking louder and it's just it's, it's just bubbling. steadily increasing. Yeah. 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 Until you have to run out of there screaming. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I heard so much feedback when I was, when we had our restaurant and uh, occasionally I had this one regular customer who would tell me, I love to come to your place, but sometimes it just gets too loud because mm-hmm. it was a fun rowdy spot. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. That means the restaurant's doing good, right? And um, right, yeah. So, well, all the all the people would call ahead of time at the restaurant and ask, you know, I'm bringing in my 95 year old mother. Can you put us in a quiet corner? Uh huh. It's like I'm sorry, but they're really. I'll try, but there is not a quiet corner in that place. Uh. They've they've done a lot to. Um, kind of subdue the sound in there by putting up curtains and I think they may have put some stuff on the ceiling I'm not sure but in places that don't have any kind of buffering for the sound it can be very difficult especially like if you end up in the world with hearing aids hearing aids help but they also amplify all the ambient background noise so it's really hard for seniors to to you know they're dealing with (laughs) hearing loss and ringing in their ears and then they have um, hearing aids and they can't hear because there's so much, they can hear so much through them that it's distorted. It's, it's hard to understand what anybody's saying. Um, So now I'm like you, I'm very protective 
of anything that's too loud. I'm that I'm that neighbor that like shakes my fist in the air when they mm. let off M80s next door. And, oh you know, <laughs> you want to just find a quiet place somewhere all of a sudden. Right, right. And I can't be- I, I can't believe that's me now because I was Captain mm-hmm. Loud. I was so loud. <laughs> I know. And you're but you're you're also young. JD, yeah. you know what i mean and you're you um i'm sorry that you're dealing with it now it seems too early yeah yeah well i would live fast tonight is young right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't oh, i mean it it really has taught me a lot and uh, one of the things that i'm i'm sort of grateful for as weird as it sounds is that it it forced me to kind of stop and take stock of what was going on and you know for better or for worse i think it i think it has given me some some healthier outlets i like i i bike now i get on yep. the canoe i do stuff i don't know before i was just bludgeoning my ears i i drowned out so much of the past 10 years making like really loud obnoxious not always good almost never good music you know <laughs> and um you know maybe that's the universe's way of telling me like go read enough. a book or something yeah right. enough yeah yeah so yeah and uh do you find that um like i like to hike i mean it's quiet but it's there's enough chittering of the chipmunks and the birds to kind of and you're having such a good time and really using all your other senses, your smell and your sight and, you know, your skin's feeling the air and it, it is kind of pulling away from that, which I yeah. like. Yeah, that's a really great way to put it. Yeah, I've probably hiked more in the past year than I have in my entire right. life. So. I, know. Yeah. I know. It's wonderful. It's quiet, but it's, you don't, it. Your ears are not the first thing you're thinking of, which I yeah. like. Yeah, that's 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 the move. Yeah. Um, so what's the next? I mean, like, has anybody in your family had this? I'm I haven't done enough research to understand the cause of it, or if they know what the cause of it is. If it is connected to hearing loss, if it's just, I don't know. So oh, is it genetic? I- there, I mean, I, from what I understand, and I, I don't know enough scientifically yet to, to, to really make these claims, uh, mm-hmm. to make too serious of any sort of claim here. But uh, yeah, there are some people who are genetically predisposed to do uh, to getting tinnitus. Um, a lot of people in my family have like sinus e issues, so that might have something right. to do with it. In my case. But um, yeah, like we've already talked about, I, there's so many things. Um, there's like acoustic neuromas, which are like a sort of benign tumor growth that can grow along the auditory nerve. There's uh, people get them from ear infections or some viral infections. Uh, I There's a, a famous singer who just got this rare... In fact, I, I got to look more into it, but he might have tinnitus because of this strange viral infection. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so many weird causes. And I, to the reason the show is called How I Got Tinnitus is because I have a strong idea that I got mine from loud noise exposure. But 
I'm really excited to just keep going down this path and learning about other people's stories because I might pick something up along the way and go, oh, and if that can help other people. Uh, that's all the better. That's that's why I'm doing it. So. Well, I think you're going to find a lot of, you can find a lot of people for your podcast just by hitting up bartenders and um, and musicians. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, we we got a, a long list of musicians in the works, but I bartenders are. I'm. That's why I was really excited to have you on because, um, I mean even a cocktail shaker right next to your head all the time while people are yelling orders at you. And, and, you know, we had a, we had a house band. I mean, they, I call them a house band cause they played every weekend. We had, there were bands three nights a week back then. This was like early eighties. And you know how that's that bar is constructed. It's in a cellar. Yeah. And so a lot of the pipes, the metal pipes are exposed along the ceiling for yeah. upstairs. And there's a major pipe behind the bar. And the drummer was known for every time they played doing a drum solo and he would drum. He would get up out of his seat and he would drum his way along the bar. He'd drum on people's, you know, whatever bags and then he'd come <laughs> around and the glasses. And then he would every time hit that metal pipe. It ran right down the center of the bar. And that was the only thing that it was so close to my head. Uh-huh. I would run I, like he would come and it was so loud and abusive. And this I was only 21 and 22 at this time. And I hated it. It was just like it was shocking. And I would run into like either the walk in or I would, you know, head to the other end of the bar when he was coming towards me and then go back. It was it was bad. Oh, and man. I, and I, I, if I'd only known, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess I kind of did a little yeah, because I was yeah. running away from it, but yeah, um, you instinctively knew, but I, now that we're making space in the, the popular conversation for all these sensitivities that we all might be living with, I, I think that's an interesting topic to explore the ethics of loudness in public yeah. spaces, you know? Yeah. 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 And I mean, I put myself in that situation that they were hired as a band. They were playing. That's yeah. what they do. They were putting yeah. on a show and that's what they were supposed to do. And I yeah. was supposed to be standing there serving drinks to the people. And if it was too much, I should have been wearing headphones or earplugs or something, but yeah. you weren't, you know, yeah. The just, education. Um, yeah. Yeah. Val, I, I, I have this cheap version of Zoom and it's telling me I got to go. So you have anything else you want to say? Okay. Oh, oh we're, it's going. You have anything else you want to say? Oh, I love your podcast <laughs> and uh, just keep on rocking, JD. Hang in there. <laughs> All right, cool. <laughs> Thanks so much, right. Val. Thanks so much for sharing. Of course. I talk to you soon. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Gotta love an awkward goodbye. Thanks again, Val. Um, geez, how many times has Pete Townsend come up on this show? Like every episode? I don't know. I think about him a lot. Who who shared this? Let my love open the door. Let my love open the door. 
Do you have? You know, someone shared that on social media the other day. He's got some good, even the Pete Townsend solo stuff. That song, Eminence Front. Mm, you can tell he was feeling it when he wrote that one. The Who. A couple years ago, I watched The uh, Amazing Journey. Terrible name. It's like a track off of Tommy. But a great documentary, Amazing Journey. And it was all about The Who. I was really impressed by how kind of punk they were, especially in the early years. Pretty gnarly. Yeah, those guys like to uh, get loud. I think sometimes about the relationship I had early on looking at loud bands and saying, well, if they're loud, I can be loud. Because I wanted to be like the bands that I thought were really good. And I've always been kind of a fan of The Who. More recently, I've gotten deeper into their stuff, but always thought... If the Who can be famous for being loud, I could be famous for being loud. There's a whole list of other bands. I really loved that band Lightning Bolt when I was younger. And those guys are super loud. And yeah, I just thought it was so cool. They would set up with this huge stack of amps behind them. I think sometimes it's like two separate stacks of amps, like basically floor to ceiling. And I saw them one super memorable time in Austin. And I remember just having my ears plugged up the whole time. It was so freaking loud, but so fun. So fun. And a couple of years later, I managed to accidentally run into Brian Chippendale at a house show. He was performing under his solo thing, and I got to witness that. There's a video of it somewhere online, and sometimes I watch the video. I can't remember. Pretty sure I didn't have real earplugs that night. Almost positive I ran to the bathroom at that house show and wadded up some toilet paper, stuck it in my ears, and got as close as humanly possible to Brian Chippendale's drum kit and watched him just wail on that stuff for a long time. My understanding is he's got it too. There's apparently some funny tweet about lightning bolt fans sending their tinnitus in the mail in a self-addressed stamped envelope to... Uh, lightning bolt and they'll send you something in return or something like that probably just a joke ah uh, uh. you know who i always think of when i think of brian chippendale and his drumming and lightning bolt i think of zach hill who was in that really good band hella and i had a friend who saw zach hill perform like a solo drum set thing out in Boston a couple of years ago, and he said it was basically like a 45-minute drum solo, and my friend just stood there and had a whole panic attack while he watched Zach Hill just absolutely crush his drums. If you've never seen Zach Hill, who's more recently joined forces with the folks in Death Grips, uh, he's a pretty gnarly drummer. They, I, there's a video of him playing drums with like handcuffs on 
It must be, I, I know being a guitar player, there's plenty of jokes about guitar players wanting to turn themselves up, and I've done that myself, and I've seen other guitar players do it. Um, they love to get loud. But drummers, how many drummers are out there that knew from the get-go by getting into that instrument that they were going to severely run the risk of damaging their hearing? I wonder how many learn before it's too late and how many learn after it's too late. Speaking of drummers, I got to reach back out. I recently had a chance to reconnect with the percussion teacher at my middle school from back when I was a kid. I wasn't in band because at my school you had to choose between art and band. And I really wanted to be in both, but I had a pretty strong relationship with the art teacher at that school. And I ended up going the art route. But my brother and both my sisters ended up in band. Uh, my One of my sisters was in percussion. And her percussion teacher apparently reached out to a family friend. Said, hey, I've got tinnitus. Let, let JD know. And we can have a talk about it. So, wouldn't that be interesting? Having a middle school percussion teacher on the show? I I think it'd be neat. I mean, you gotta think, that's gotta be a loud gig. Not just, you're handing kids drums? That must be quite a racket. (sighs) Anyway, I'm I'm a little tired. Been outside all day. Nice and sunny. It's pretty nice. Um, So yeah, that's about it for today. And I'm going to go lay down or something. But I hope you all are having a good one. And we will talk soon. Thanks for tuning in to this 10th episode of How I Got Tinnitus. Remember to like, subscribe, follow on the stuff. Comment on our social media. Let's get this conversation going. All right, later, y'all. Bye-bye.